There we go. Hello and welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your home on the Star Wars Underworld Network for in-depth discussion on lore, High Republic, and the whole canon of the galaxy far, far away, especially the High Republic. My name is Matthew and I am joined across the continent by your friend and mine, Mr. Joel Davis. Joel, how are you doing this fine week? I am doing great. Right on, right on. And uh, yeah, as, as I said, High Republic Phase 2 is solidly underway. We go into all the reveals, especially the ones announced at New York Comic Con a few weeks ago. To help us break it all down, uh, we've got a friend of the pod, still the reigning Star Wars Underworld Time Materials correspondent. Sure, why not? I'm the I'm the religion correspondent, <laughs> so you can be the Time Materials correspondent. Uh, yeah, we got Chris Abbott, Star Raptor, the man who was at uh, New York Comic Con. So, how you doing, Chris? Welcome back to Ion Cannon. Hi, Matthew. Hi, Joel. Oh, man, I always love being on this podcast. This podcast is basically what I do on my own channel, yeah. and I get to talk to others about it. So I'm always um, really always looking forward to all this. Uh, we got a lot to break down. Yes, I was the man in the room. I was at New York Comic Con 2022, as I am every year since like 2015. I haven't missed a beat. Um, yeah, we got a lot of good stuff to get into between High Republic and, and the Lucasfilm Publishing Panel, and uh, uh, just a couple of cool little things just about the convention. Um, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll share for everybody out there as well. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, I got the yeah outer room transmissions, and we'll, we'll definitely do the more plugs at the end. But yeah, a lot, a lot of the similar, similar kindred, kindred podcasts here going on. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Ion Cannon Pod. I also want to mention the tractor beam. You can get that on spotify and apple podcasts along with all of our full-length podcast episodes uh you know upload, upload the full-length podcast episodes right after we record tractor be my weekly comic book reviews uh usually thursday or friday night get to those usually friday let's let's be honest uh so this past week they had uh, ongoing star wars ongoing number 28 by charles soul uh high republic number one more on that in a second and the visions one shot prequel to the ronin com Ron that ronin episode in visions was Pretty interesting, um, yeah, and, and connected to the the the, the visions novel. Also, want to want to mention a few more things. There are a few way, more ways you can connect with us. You can support us. Uh, Patreon is a sketch fest, so we're we're definitely got YouTube memberships here on the Star Wars Underworld Podcast Network, Star Wars Underworld YouTube channel. Uh, you can figure that, out. and also super chats. We got that capability as well. Joel, I'm going to turn this to you. I've never done a super chat in my life uh very quickly can you uh help us explain to us how you do a super chat and how does one go about that yes so if you look at your the comment section in the chat room uh to your bottom left no wait bottom right corner gotta remember here you'll see a little money sign you click on that you'll it'll say sticker or super chat and depending on the amount, $2, $5, you can put in a certain amount of characters to send us a message, and it will have like a little highlight, and uh, maybe we'll read it. Yeah, well, well, we probably will. We, we definitely will, especially if you, if you give the, the channel some money. Uh, we'll definitely read it. <laughs> uh, another, another and, and you know, it shows up in these bright colors, so it's, it's hard to miss. But uh, another another way to get in touch with us, to keep in contact with us, along with, with uh, social media, Twitter and Instagram, uh, and and YouTube comments generally and super chats. Discord. We are the Star Wars Underworld uh, Network is on Discord. Joel and I are pretty active in it. Uh, Chris, you're you're in it a little bit, especially when we tag you. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so the the link, I believe, Joel, were you able to get the link in uh, just down below in the description? Uh, if not, then we will uh, we will make sure it's available. Yeah, and so just uh, yeah, click that link. It's an invite to our Discord Hopefully. channel. Hopefully, and then up to date invite. 
Yeah, it was from I, I, it was from yesterday, so it's still good for about another six days or so as of recording. It was yesterday, yeah, it was yesterday. So it's good until the end of the week. Let's just say that. And then uh, if you want in after that, or if the link doesn't work, or if you want in, we want to you want to send us to send you a new link. DM us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, or comment on the YouTube channel. We'll go get that to you. Either uh, Joel or, or or our good friend Ben, the Star Wars guy. He Ben Hart, the Star Wars guy. He might. Uh, we notice it as well because he's he's the man in charge of uh, uh, of all the socials here at the Star Wars Underworld Network. Okay, that's it for plugs. Uh, we got a lot to get through, so let's oh, just yeah. very quickly. No, not too, don't have to be too quickly. Um, you know, we're going to talk. This is the second of third times we're going to talk about High Republic number one. Chris, Chris, you wanted to mention that as well as uh the insider short story tales of enlightenment i haven't read tales of enlightenment yet my insider issue isn't in yet so if you could keep spoilers away from that but uh spoil away on high republic number one because i read it and uh, joel i presume you're not too worried about spoilers <laughs> yeah so go for it chris take take the take the stage Okay, so yeah, the High Republic issue number one. So to set the stage for everybody that eh, people watching this podcast, I would assume kind of know where Phase Two starts. It's like the prequels. Phase Two is technically before Light of the Jedi, before Starlight Beacon, and all that. So we are in this new age of the Republic, and we are following this character of Vildar Mac, who is a Jedi that is going to Jeddah for the first time. So it's pretty neat because we're actually like looking through the lens of him as the way to get into Jeddah in this brand new era of Star Wars. And he goes down there and he's just trying to help out with an issue with people stealing artifacts. And that might come up later in the discussion at some point, force artifacts. And as he's there on the streets, he's quickly noticing that, hey, the Jedi aren't the end all be all. They are not just the prime leaders of the force at this point. There's all these other sects and beliefs um, and they're called the Convocation of the Force. So right on the right from the get-go, you see Vil, Vildar Mac. He's being welcomed by a Padawan. Um, forget her name, actually. I'm sure oh, I won't pretty soon. Look that here. up right now. <laughs> keep, keep going. Yeah, really cool Twi'lek design. A red Twi'lek design. Really, really sweet, because we don't see many of those, unless you're Darth Talon. But anyway, so we yeah. got to see... <laughs> we got to see like already like these guys are butting heads like with their force beliefs they look at vildar mac and then it's interesting there's there's already animosity toward the jedi at this point in the timeline 400 years before rogue one um so we get all this going on and eventually do you want me to like spoil the the big like crux of the the whole thing with the fate of vildar i'm good with it joel speak now or forever hold your peace I mean, yeah, I think probably. we're, we're going to spoil. I'm going to spoil it in the comment in comments further down. So, uh, yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay, so basically, the crux of what sets up the story to instantly engage any reader is we get Vildar Mac. There's a there's a thief on the street that pickpockets somebody. Vildar Mac chases him, and throughout the course of this issue, it comes back to this thief, and the thief actually possesses really good force reflexes. And they have said to have trained and all this kind of thing. And even with this one way that they're able to use the force by touching the chest of Vildar Mac to stop his heart. And the issue basically ends like he puts his hand up like this and up against his chest. And Vildar Mac just ceases to exist. He just falls over dead. I just and that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the main character dies. 
from the first issue. And <laughs> spoiler alert, I should have put up a and there's a backup story. This and I yeah. and I got clarification yeah. from Van Scott on, on Twitter. I, man, mm-hmm. you gotta love Van Scott because he will interact with you if you tag him, he'll answer mm-hmm. questions. I was like, is this our only backup story? And he's like, pretty much like, yeah. So there's another backup story that's setting up the world building of Jedi. And mm-hmm. it's going into the convocation of the force, which is like the, the um, not the guardians of the wills, but it's um, the disciples of the wills. You got all yeah. these other peoples of the force, and they all meet together. These are like the 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 big shots of each one of these organizations, and there's bickering. You get to see this, like there's bickering, there's differences of beliefs that are happening to the point where they expect that this one person's um the race or something is automatically like dark siders like mm-hmm. so they see this person coming in and they're like they're a dark sider we gotta we gotta get rid of them fast and the person just because they're from that kind of people does not instantly make them a dark mm-hmm. side user and they're trying to see what's going on with all these other force you know because the whole point of the, the complication of the right. force is you're trying to share their beliefs or trying to people are open they're like okay so you look at the force this way I look at the force this way. Like I, I feel like the complication of the force is sort of like back in the ancient Greek times, where you have like all these mm-hmm. philosophers that are like sitting around in the col- whatever, not the Colosseum, but whatever. Just yeah. like I believe this, and I, so that's <laughs> the idea of the Jedi. And yeah, there's clearly there's some volatile things happening between mm-hmm. some of these force sects. And by the end of this, we see a character coming in to wanting to join from the path mm-hmm. of the open hand and that will connect to the path of deceit novel um mm-hmm. that i don't know if we're going to talk about that at all tonight but um there's some interesting things that happen in that one that connects yeah. right to this one so yeah yeah uh, i'll just say uh quickly yeah like ancient greece it, it sounds like the real world contemporary world to me especially i mean jedda is jerusalem let's let's not mince words and the way different religions just clash yeah. in that city uh, clearly, we saw it in Rogue One. We see it already in issue number one of High Republic. Kevin Scott, who has studied uh, comparative religion and and oh. understands just the the real world dynamics of of pluralism and the struggle for pluralism, uh, the struggle to be peaceable amidst different uh, different wildly different worldviews. And uh, whenever he's done that, whenever he's touched on hit on especially you know going back to uh uh jedi lost and even into now and everything in in phase one he's uh it's it's felt grounded and real and familiar to what i know from the real Mm -hmm. world uh both the promises and the the challenges of uh of engaging difference on such deeply held things so i i i'm all about this convocation i'm gonna need a whole episode once we learn more uh, just the whole EOC episode on that. So uh, looking forward to that. I, I admit I completely forgot about the the B story because I was so taken with Vildar's death. I was like, <laughs> like to me that was, I was like, oh right. I mean, I read the B story. I, I remember what happens, but like, oh right, there's a I. It's only I don't, since Wednesday. <laughs> anyway, but, but but Matthew, so so yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like I've seen all these other covers of the High Republic Phase Two that have Vildar on the cover. And the way they word it, the way that, and by the way, the whole the whole comic for the part A, I'll call it, with Vildar's death, mm-hmm. is narrated. We don't know who the narrator is until the very end. And I was right. listening to your your um, tractor beam as well mm-hmm. before we recorded this tonight. 
um and you were saying it like you got this narrator and it's pretty cool how they do in the story because you don't know who the narrator is until yeah. the very end and it happened to be the thief that kills Vildar the whole time but right. the way the thief words his death reminds like is he gonna get resurrected or something because he seems like your death is the start of your life now or or, or yeah. something like to that effect where i'm like how are you gonna have the main character dying in the first freaking comic book mm. like when you have covers of it unless they're yeah. going back in time or something and all the like marketing that. and everything right yeah. yeah yeah maybe maybe he goes back in time i mean that that's that's kevin scott giving us these questions to ask so because, it means we got to keep reading right yeah yeah and, and, yeah. and another thing i'd even mention is the whole mm. thing with kefix so he is the same uh right. species as uh quinlan boss and yeah. you got this weird santa claus looking evil dude that is like has a bunch of corpses around his feet and it's just like it's basically uh kind of like hinted at that this person kills his parents and then he was taken oh, as a yeah. jedi at four years old yeah, and then he right. sees a flashback he well not a flashback he sees one of these yeah. other people on Jedi streets yeah. and has like a flashback and and it turns out this person's like a sorcerer of tund which i don't know anything i don't know if that's a legends it's, reference or something but know, does that sound familiar at all or nope Okay, so I guess but, not. I guess brand new. <laughs> that was interesting yeah. because I'm like, oh my gosh, like what what <laughs> kind of character is this yeah. evil dude? Are they a part like of the Sith? Like what what's going on Who knows, here? Yeah. So uh I mean, well, can't necessarily be the Sith because they haven't been revealed yet, but who knows? I uh, gotta move on. We do have plenty to cover. We're trying to <laughs> keep this episode to uh, 90 minutes as best we can, maybe, but we'll see. <laughs> I gotta go to bed eventually. Um uh kevin scott's plot and geekery comrade in arms from back in the day uh george mann tales of enlightenment you want to mention oh, that yeah. again if you can do that without spoiling anything just very quickly oh yeah uh, one minute or so uh thoughts on that story okay tales of enlightenment goes right in effect with the marvel comics we have this mm -hmm. entire short stories and insiders taking place on Jeddah. um you have this great framework of a story where you have this um i believe the character's name is keth he works at the Temple of Kyber, which is the big mm -hmm. temple where we see uh, Chirrut and Bays working as Guardians yeah. of the Wills, all that good stuff. There is a bar that's called Enlightenment, hence the name. So the idea is Keth yeah. works hard, you know, but he goes out and he drinks maybe once or twice a, a, a week. And as he's sitting there, he knows the bar owner and you get to know all these characters. And that's the framework of the story, because what's happening is you're getting, uh, for mm -hmm. instance, like the first uh, story revolves around a prospector. So the prospector walks into the bar gets a beer or whatever a drink and has like goes and tells you the story and people crowd around. It's like that classic, like storytelling trope. It's like, okay, let me tell you a story. And it goes back in time kind of thing. So uh, the first story revolves around this prospector and, and basically how she comes into contact with the Jedi and goes to this planet and has these really cool adventures. Um, yeah. So hopefully, yeah, but this is this basically what I what I said in my like real recap videos I do on my channel is like mm -hmm. this story here, like these like uh, little stories feel like the promise of the High Republic from the get go, which was like let's go out to the outer rim and explore uh, yeah. places that have been undiscovered and trying to see how we can make connections with the Republic. So like mm -hmm. these whole stories here are right up my alley because yep. this is what I was really hoping for from Phase One, but now we're getting it in Phase Two. That sounds great. Uh, that that sounds exciting. Again, whenever my insider issue comes in, uh, I'll, I'll love. It. I mean, I'm loving everything to do with Jetta at all. And yeah, it's good, smart to use a framing reference. Okay, uh, I'm gonna call a bit of an audible and not do this because Joel and I and Doc and, and 
uh, our friend, new friend Red Leader, uh, spent two hours on Doc's channel talking about that. Oh, and Chris, yeah. I'm sure you've uh, spent lots of time talking about Andor. So, you know, if you want to, and Joel, other Joel, I'll link to post a link to Doc's video uh, other sometime tomorrow. And then, yeah, check out uh, Outer Room Transmissions on Star Raptors channel uh, for that. So, because we got a lot to go through. So, uh, one thing I will say, Joel, you haven't spoken a lot. So, I will. We'll just do your this week in Star Wars, and then uh, I'll ask Chris about how to how, how New York Comic Con was. <laughs> but yeah, uh, go yeah. For it, Joel. so strangely, my my week of Star Wars has been inspired not by Star Wars but by uh, Rings of Power. Of oh yeah. Um, I, I won't spoil it. Don't get too deep into that. But I, I, uh, but I think if if you if you've seen it, you probably know where this came from. Mm -hmm. uh, I was thinking about like, what if George had made the prequel today? If if eighty year old George Lucas had the energy <laughs> to make the prequels in the day and age? Uh, mm -hmm. Oh boy, uh, I just worry about his health. Um, <laughs> yeah. hey, it, it's hard making movies. Um, yeah. And I was thinking to myself, how would they have handled the Palpatine Sidious reveal? Mm -hmm. um, and I think about this. I'm, I'm sure if you've seen Rings of Power, you know why I'm asking this. Oh. Yeah, um, so named Sauron. Who's Sauron? Yeah. Anyway, I won't say I who, but Gibro, I know well, where you're going. I was, with this. I was mm -hmm. thinking about this because they do play up that the mystery of Palpatine Sidious mm -hmm. until the third movie. Um, but the thing is, um, the interesting thing is, um, if you have just watched the original trilogy, you never seen, you just watched the movies. Uh, they never say the Emperor's name. It's just the Emperor, the Emperor. But, but if you know your expanded universe history, your toy history, your Kenner packaging at the back of the box. Uh, the name Palpatine was there from the get-go. Emperor Palpatine, mm -hmm. even the A New Hope novelization. Palpatine was the president of the Republic, and then he became the Emperor. Um, and I kind of wonder in today's social media age, a bunch of people will either Wikipedia it up, or on Twitter, it's like, did Palpatine let the Emperor? Here's the Kenner box that explains it. And sort of like, well, that mystery kind of went away. Um, that person would have beat Adam Christopher. Just putting it out there. <laughs> yeah, but my, my point is, because we didn't have, um, obviously we had Jedi Council Forum and place like that, but social media was not the thing it was in 1999, even to 2005. That kind of, here's the, here's the box that proves it. Uh, we were kind of able to keep that mystery going for two movies. Um, going as far as like Sidious is actually a clone of Palpatine and the clone will take over. Uh, there were a lot of weird uh back and forth back then instead of just the same person um you know i i didn't know at the time either but i was five i didn't know any better um i didn't even realize it was the same actor um so i kind of just was thinking oh if the prequels had been made today would they have not even gone for a mystery i i just kind of am curious or would have george have played straight anyway and kind yeah. of just deal with the consequence uh so it's just kind of an interesting right. thought because um uh, sorry no good going I was going to say that while you take your swig there. Uh, I mean, was it really a mystery? I mean, I, I never thought it was a mystery. I mean, um, they, maybe they don't. People, sorry, I mean, maybe not, they don't play like a mystery, but sure is. Well, we kind of all, but like how many people I do wonder knew and didn't know at the same time? Like I Schrodinger's, like, Schrodinger's Sith. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, but it's sort of like, you know, if, um, if Rings of Power had, they, they didn't do this, so I guess I can this small for If they had a guy called I'm Anatar, I'm gonna help you elves. Tolkien fans on Twitter be like, This is Anatar, yeah. because we all know who Anatar is. That's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's sort of like because of that, that kind of any sort of tension just 
well, you can't really string out this tension of, mm -mm. oh, here's nice Anatar helping with these rings. Like, oh, here's kindly Chancellor Palpatine helping Anakin. Um, and kind of like then secretly the Sidious guy. But are they the same person? I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just kind of curious, like, especially in today's day and age. So it's all kind of interesting yeah. to think about. I mean, I feel like they would have just locked that down tight. Like they would have been able yeah. to do something or, or obfuscate or, or be all, oh, like, like, like do misdirect or something with the, or, or the story would have had to go in a different direction. I don't know. I don't know. Chris, what do you think about that? Yeah, that because question? it's hard. It's hard because like you're seeing Palpatine grooming Anakin. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, who else gets this close to Anakin that's older than him? You know, it's it, right. it's kind of hard to do that in this sense because such a major plot line revolves mm -hmm. around the relationship between mm -hmm. Anakin and Palpatine in the early years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was, my, my last point was like, for two out of three movies, they treated Sidious and Palpatine as separate characters. Even the Clone Wars kind of still did it after Revenge of the yeah. Sith. Um, I mean, even Rebels does it for a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's just kind of interesting. It's like, I wonder if that kind of unofficial separation of Sidious Palpatine would have been, they would have gone with that anyway, or were they just kind of like, now here's Palpatine kind of doing yeah. his thing. It's been more overt. You never know. Well, interesting question. I mean, that that does. I mean, to say that the the way they did Sauron in, in Rings of Power, mm -hmm. uh, they did it perfectly. Get to this time, oh. to different mm -hmm. time, you know, at a different time. I, I thought that was perfect. So it was great. Uh, I loved yeah. it. Yeah, it was, yeah, and it was incredibly Tolkien esque. It, it, that's the that's oh, the irony man. of that, though. It's precisely what Tolkien would have done, given <laughs> given his his philosophy and beliefs and whatnot. Speaking of religions, anyways, uh, before we finally get to the specifics of your Comic Con reveals, uh, Chris, we got you on here. You were the the man in the room, the room where it happens. <laughs> Hamilton. You're 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 in. Yeah, I, I won't dox you, but uh, you know you're. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you you've been to New York. You've been. I don't know if you've seen the musical Hamilton, but anyway. Uh, yeah, how was New York Comic Con? I know you posted a coast cosplay video. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, you did a bunch of stuff there. Uh, how how was it overall? How does it compare to Celebration? And and how is it post the circumstances? <laughs> it's fantastic. So yeah, comparing it like circumstances, comparing it to last year it was definitely scaled down. Um, there was a lot less big studios there last year, and it seemed like this year, for the most part, things have gotten back to normal. DC had a presence, Marvel had a presence, mm -hmm. a lot of the big studios, Amazon and Netflix and HBO, like everybody was there. And, and how it compares is you know. Whereas Celebration is hyper focused on Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, and a little bit of Indiana Jones, we <laughs> had <Yeah. laughs> we have a smorgasbord of every type of fandom um, imaginable. Um, mm -hmm. So that's all. That's always so much fun because you can go cosplay as different people every single day. You're gonna you're gonna or whatever. You can go mm -hmm. hang out different meetups every single day, yeah. but. It is like a microcosm of Star Wars celebration. And I'll start off by saying this. I always enjoy going to the Star Wars meetup. These guys called the Three Mandalorians on Facebook have yes. had this thing going for two. This will be the third year, I think, this time. Uh, where we meet up in this one area at 2 o'clock on every Saturday, the, the convention, every year. And uh, this year we had more people than ever. And it was a huge Mandalorian presence. There was probably 30, 40 Mandalorian cosplayers and it's just a fantastic time because, like, 
you feel, I feel like I'm in celebration again because I'm walking <laughs> up. I was wearing my Calcasus with my BD one, and everybody was just chit chatting. There was like two or three other Calcasuses, and we we're just like all in a circle, <laughs> like talking to each other, like, "Oh, yeah. that that part of your costume is cool," or like, "How'd you do that droid?" or like, whatever. So it's mm. like, "Oh my gosh!" Like you feel like you're yeah. you're in Star Wars celebration, mm. and you you got the Mandalorian march. I think I, I shared that on my personal Facebook earlier today. So <laughs> you know, just the Mandalorian march of all these guys going through. So that's always fun. Yeah. Um, even like spilling out of the convention, um, you know, I was going to get a slice of pizza at night after the con was over, as you do, because it's New York City. And of course, I was, you know, Jedi Luke Skywalker that day on that <laughs> Friday and I had my lightsaber and I was waiting to get my pizza because I was like, oh, I like the lightsaber. I really like Luke's lightsaber. And the next thing you know, we were talking about Andor and stuff like 10 minutes yeah. later, like, OK, like. I have to actually eat this pizza because it's getting cold at this <laughs> yeah. point. You know, yeah. like so. just strangers coming up to you from the con, or yeah. So that's nice. always a highlight. It's just like you're, you're yeah. chit chatting in the middle of this huge metro, you know, metropolitan area, and you still find these fans like a couple blocks from the convention nice. center. Yeah. And um, but yeah, getting into the actual part of it, um, uh, yeah, I went to the panel, High Republic panel, and I gotta credit Lucasfilm, man, because New York Comic Con. I feel is like where they focused so much on the publishing. Obviously they had two mm -hmm. full fledged panels. I was super hyped that they even had a high Republic panel. Cause I think me and you, Matthew, were talking about this yeah. in celebration. The fact that they even had a, uh, we were flabbergasted that they had their own panel at celebration, right. which is a star Wars centric thing. Now imagine, okay, they're taking that to the next level. They're having a high Republic, like microcosm star Wars panel at mm -hmm. this humongous, like nation converging panel in New York Comic Con was like holy crap, and they and they filled that whole room up. Like there was no empty chairs, was max capacity. It wasn't the biggest room, but it definitely could fit probably like two hundred people in there or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but it was neat because it's it's great seeing how far publishing really gets its grips into people. I was waiting in line, and and a guy in front of me was like, we were chit chatting a little bit about High Republic, and he just pulls out like all these original like drafts of high republic issue number one wow aria and adito signed all these things nice. he, he bought it because he was there aria adito was there so he mm -hmm. had like the big like mega size like scripts that he i don't know if they have his original artwork or whatever but it was freaking mm -hmm. amazing like looking at that just the line work and everything yeah um, but the panel itself was great because i did not expect them to bring out the big guns like they brought out all of well, phase they were all there authors. yeah they were all there all of phase two yeah. And then Kristen Baver, then Ariana Dito that flew in from like um, Indonesia, uh, I think Indonesia or yeah. Malaysia or something like that out, out there. So he came all the way there. He was showing off like the uh, Keith Trennis figure. Uh, they revealed like uh, all this yeah. stuff. I was like, what in the world? Like, this is like something worth coming out here yeah. for. Like, this is more than I more than I expected. They didn't even have enough chairs. Like, they had to like play musical chairs to get like mm -hmm. certain people up there because there was like over 10 people on this right. on the stage, you know. <laughs> That's right. That Keith Trennis figure, I, I'm still like he made it with his friends. Like yeah. Hasbro, Hasbro doesn't even know High Republic is, so I won't go there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it just goes to show how you know this for some, for a lot of folks like me, this is the best thing in Star Wars right now. And uh, you know, I mean, I know that's not a universal opinion, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people love Andor. A lot of people, I mean, I love Andor, of course, but. And, you know this all the streaming shows but man high republic and, and all this these reveals it feels like uh you know phase one was fantastic blew my mind 
I think phase two is going to be better. Call me nuts. Call me nuts. I think phase two is going to be better than phase one. I, I'm on the internet calling it right now. Let's dive into it. Um, so I'll, full disclosure, a lot of my notes here are word for word, <laughs> copy and paste from uh, the StarWars.com article that was was posted. I'm going to actually click on this, see if they have an author credit here. Uh, oh, Kristen Maver wrote this article. Okay. So <laughs> thank, thank you, Kristen, for, for helping us out here. Um, speaking of someone who does has does respond on social media so i uh, let her know i had pre-ordered the her uh her book um her real oh, yeah. world I, book, so. I met her actually i walked out of the convention yeah. center real quick aside here yeah. i walk out of the convention center i see a guy with a mask on i yeah. was like are you adam christopher and he's right. like yep and i was nice. like talking to him for a good five minutes <laughs> about shadow of the sith nice and he was like and then I looked over because it was after the panel yeah. got out. So yeah. the panel got out and then all the authors were just kind of hanging out mm -hmm. like outside of the, the room. So I went to him, said hi. Then I walked by and Kristen Baber looks at me and looks at the BD-1 on my shoulder. Nice. Like, oh, it's so cool. And I was like, yeah. oh, thanks. I was like, you know, like the typical like stupid fan thing. Like, oh, I really, I really enjoy your show. Like I watch yes. it every week. And then it, it was like a really quick thing. And I was okay. like, oh, that was sort of awkward. Let me get out of here. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> she seems like a wonderful person. She oh, she's like 100% of what you would expect her to see on her yeah. camera. That's how she's yeah. in person, so so, from what I gather. And, and she also, because uh, Christina Ariel is, of course, uh, taking care of a little human being that she made, um, is, uh, was on uh, on Matt Leaf, so on parental leave. So uh, Krista Maver cool. also took over the Higher Public show this past week. Um, so a little bit of uh, reveals from that coming up. Uh Chris, I'm glad you're here because your your tweet thread and this, there were other tweet threads, live tweet threads that I, I'm supplementing with from Kristen's uh, article. Um, but yeah, let's let's dig right into it. And uh, and I got lots of images, by the way, from that from that servers are calm article. This is going to be a bit of a slideshow. Uh, hope you enjoy enjoy the looking at these wonderful images better than our, our, our mugs. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> speaking of of image books, uh, yeah, let's keep talking. Last last. Uh, yeah, and I, I can speak words, I promise. Uh, as promised, a third time we're talking about uh, Marvel's High Republic run by Kevin Scott and Ario and Indito. And yeah, Chris, as you mentioned, um, Ario had some time in the spotlight. He talked about his process, he, he talked about some of this interior art. I'll get that out of the way. This interior art, uh, from Jeddah, and um, yeah, like you mentioned, just how, uh, yeah, well, you got the, the tweet. From Kevin saying the whole run of phase two is going to be uh, of the comic here is going to be on Jetta. Um, of course, George Mann's story, uh, insider story is also set on Jetta. And I gather the, the rest of the insider short fiction is also going to be on Jetta. But um, yeah, uh, so I'll, I'll list a few things. You just again, great to see Ario and Indito get some time in the spotlight. He actually follows us, he's the only creative who follows us on Twitter. Uh, thanks to Tractor Beam and, and all the love that I've been able to show to, to his work. Um, yeah, so so again, great way to set the scene here. And this is just the pencils, uh, obviously. It's in color in the actual comic. Um, yeah. Then, yeah, and then speaking of color and speaking of uh, characters, so this is uh, Todd Knox variant for issue number five, and, and that mm -hmm. is the, the unknown, unnamed thief. Although he Chris, looks like an X-Men. Character. He looks like an X Men. He looks like, uh, yeah. Um, oh, what's his name? The German Catholic guy. But but yeah, the, from, uh, the uh, Nightcrawler. Yeah, Nightcrawler. Yeah, there we go. 
Yeah. Uh, that's, so that's, that's pretty. Being yeah, it's more purple. Um, yeah. And interesting to see the the building designs here. I guess that's still Jetta, but it looks a little more contemporary there. Um, and Chris, in your your tweet thread, you said he was named Tay Sirik. Is that right? Did I hear that right? Did you hear that right? Oh, I I believe so. Now I have to actually look back at that tweet in yeah. reference to what I said. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would guess so. What what what's the what's the? Let me let me see what the context of that was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's so many tweets. I'll have to, yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to confirm that later. But yeah. uh, we'll mm -hmm. say um, it's a possibility, I guess. <laughs> so, but yeah. yeah you you said you're gonna make mention something else about. Uh, oh no, I, I I wanted to mention before we before we get much further, mm -hmm. um, looking at these amazing images, right? Like this is a precedent set for the first time in Star Wars. Like a lot of times we're reading these novels, mm -hmm. and uh, you know you don't get we don't get the images, but the fact that they're Ariana Anadito is literally creating Star Wars, like new Star Wars. Like this is a new era. It's not already an original trilogy where he has things to pull from yeah mm -hmm. i guess he could you know they did get like a lot of stuff from the rogue one um concept art stuff but like it's freaking cool this is one of the reasons why i love the high republic is that i could read a novel and then i could like look mm -hmm. at the characters showing up in the comic books and be like this is what they look like yeah it, for me it seems like it, it seems like such a small thing but in reality it's it's so cool to actually conceptualize these characters and see them in action and see them on the page and it, you know it's this whole uh process of the story group and keeping everything together and the higher public architects keeping everything together and then the artists are kind of following that trend and and mm -hmm. being along for that whole uh you know just collaboration is just such a cool thing. So I, I wanted to give the credit where credit is due yeah. for all the artists that are involved with the High Republic. Like you said, I, I can't wait for the. There's a lot of behind the scenes. I think there's like three or four like different behind the scenes books coming out that are mm -hmm. just like, um, you know, just about the the artwork and stuff. Which I can't yeah, cool that. that's right. The Kristen Maver is doing the art of, I believe, uh, and mm -hmm. then and uh, for Phase One, and telling the real world story behind it. With, you know, with COVID mm -hmm. and everything. Uh, yeah, I mean, looking at this character, Tysirik, I mean, Joel, I'll throw this to you. And if you have any just the thoughts on the top of your head, knowing what he ends up doing at the end of issue number one, uh, it, what do you think of this character? Uh, where do you think and where do you think this book might be going? Is there any, any kind of precedent in legends for Jedi characters living on after death, but not necessarily force ghosts? Hmm. Trying to think. I don't think so. Most right. Jedi characters live on after death or force ghosts. That's true. That's fair. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, what what do you think of, of that thing we just spoiled for you and and uh, this this taste here? And his design and his his power to to kill a Jedi just by <laughs> that sound effect. <laughs> I, I mean, very comic booky. Kind of not gonna lie, kind of yeah. super powery. I mean, looks like an X Men character. I look more like a mutant, so it's like I don't know. Just kind of get like, oh, this is Star Wars X Men. This uh, is a new I... species, I think. Interesting. Okay. Star Wars. I've never seen this species in Star Wars before, unless it's Legends. No. Nope, and Kevin, Kevin, so. Kevin, by the way, loves Legends. Like he pulls stuff. I think the Rising Storm. He introduced like 
<laughs> well, I don't know exactly how many things, but it was like every other page. I feel like I was going on Wikipedia mm-hmm. and saying, "Oh, this was in Legends. This was right. in Legends." Like all these references. So I would mm-hmm. not be surprised if this is a Legend species he's bringing back. Yeah, Maybe. possible. Yeah. I mean, uh, he he brought back the Lepi, and uh, what was his name? The the that Rebel fighter. Why am I blanking on his name? Wait, Jackson. Yeah, Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> so you never know, right? I'm surprised he hasn't thrown more more of that species in in. Uh, High Republic, especially, um, yeah. And then coming back, I mentioned, I just mentioned this, uh, all this Jedi, everything with the convocation, which I mentioned on Tractor Beam, uh, and, and I mentioned before, it sounds like real world tensions, but also, um, you know, there there are like the World Council of Churches and kind of uh, parliaments of religions, and you know, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if they play nice, but under the under the surface, there's. A lot of maneuvering going on it's like the un in that way too um so yeah so that's uh uh all i mean we've we've spoken lots about this this run higher book uh by kevin scott um i guess maybe one last question for you Kristen. what was it like have seeing ario in the room um well i guess two questions seeing ario in the room and then if either of you have any last thoughts before we move on oh yeah like i said it, it's really cool because i i was making aside this kind of earlier about it's very easy for comic books like i feel like myself included like like we look at the comic books for like oh that comic book is from charles soul or that comic book is from ethan Sachs, or that comic book is from mark guggenheim mm-hmm. but i mean i fall off the subject this sometimes you don't give credit to the authors or or, or the artists right. like the artists aren't like you're not saying this one's by just giuseppe Kevin coley you know darth vader's run you're saying charles soul so mm-hmm. it's great to like have lucasfilm actually acknowledge these artists to bring them on stage the guy came halfway across the world um to be appreciated and to show that the respect of you know they are there but yeah no the comic is great so far um i'm loving it it's a very big departure from like if you compare this to issue one of the high republic uh the the first volume right it's like keith trennis like with skier and they're just like she becomes a jedi nut so that's a huge huge moment Mm-hmm. Um, which is very powerful and now this we have a very powerful of somebody dying so either way i'm yeah. engaged i'm very excited and uh i mean on the the high republic show uh i forget who was on that council that little panel they had someone one of the one of the participants made a contrast between kiev and uh this this padawan this over talking very nervous twilight padawan who mm-hmm. uh th- i mean maybe she's kind of closer to Vern in this way that she thinks she's all that and in some ways she is but she's going to quickly learn that she isn't uh mm-hmm. whereas keeve actually is all that and doesn't think she is so uh then that's her journey to, to actually standing up to avar at the end of, of of that run so we'll we'll see i mean again that, that's the another thing with high republic there's lots of room for for young adult characters to grow in this okay let's uh move on to where are we here uh the adult novels and um, you know, in this, uh, so we, we did get a look at, um, the Path of Vengeance cover there, uh, yeah, oh, last week. adult novel? Yeah, I believe it's an adult. Oh, is that the adult novel? Okay, never mind. Oh, good. <laughs> calling an audible, calling an audible. All We're right, looking uh, about Cataclysm. Yeah, so, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, what, what I did want to talk about was, uh, was Cataclysm. For some reason, I thought, yeah, because this, you know, here, here's what I'm going to explain this, justify myself. It's so dark. <laughs> And it's by Kevin yeah. Scott. I'm used to that, but it's so dark. Anyway, it, it does have Marta there. So, oh, okay, man. Cataclysm. 
by and this is an adult novel by Lydia Kang. Uh, and and it, yeah, we got this for the look of this cover. So that is Axel Greylark. That is the son of the Chancellor. Uh, I forget her name. Uh, Chancellor Greylark. Uh, so he's got a bla- he's got a blaster and he's got a lightsaber. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and, and I I don't quite know what planet that is in the background there, but uh, looks kind of like Naboo. Oh, I don't know. Gonna, gonna... The old Coruscant. Really nice could, could just be Coruscant. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. Um, but yeah, so so Joel, I'll throw this to you because we were we were tweeting about Jedi Chancellors uh, a while back, and this this isn't the Chancellor. This is the son of the Chancellor. Is this kind of the next best thing? Uh, the closest thing. Um, I, I mean, I guess. I mean, there's nothing that stops a chancellor from having a kid and that kid go joining the Jedi Order and just kind of like there were senators mm. who had Jedi children, but they didn't really have much communication with them because you know the attachment thing. Um, yeah. So I mean, depends on how close he is with the mother. If, like if he's not, like oh, we're just blood related, but that's about it. You know, my, yeah. the Jedi are my family, <laughs> as a, as a, as a, most of them that's would true. be like. So yeah, I, I guess it's kind of the next best thing, and I'm sure mm-hmm. that. I'm sure, though, being the uh, blood descendant of the Chancellor uh, causes complications. True. I mean, we don't, first of all, we don't fully know if he is a Jedi. Just mm-hmm. just by holding a lightsaber doesn't necessarily mean you're a Jedi. Like, uh, yeah. like Ty Yorick has had left the Order. I mean, like Finn, well, we didn't know he was Force-sensitive yet, but... Uh, I mean, Han Solo held a, a lightsaber, and yeah. Grievous can hold a lightsaber, so... <laughs> Yeah. So, but you know, it may be, I mean, that, that is interesting. That is a, that is an interesting thing of what if he is, what if he was taken to the temple, but what if everyone knows that he's the son of, I guess when the time he's born, maybe still a prominent yeah. local politician who rises to the highest office in the land. Uh, Chris, what do you, what do you think of, of this character, Axel Greylark, um, having a civilized lightsaber and an incredibly uncivilized blaster at the same time? <laughs> yeah, so uh, this character, I believe, is going to be introduced in next month's adult novel uh, from uh, uh, Zerata Cordova, uh, which is going to okay. be the uh, what is it? Convergence, right? Yeah, Convergence. Yeah. Convergence. So he's going to be introduced as, I believe, one of the main characters alongside of a Jedi Knight, a female mm-hmm. Jedi Knight, and somebody else. I think they said there was going to be three different characters in that one. Right. So I guess... You know, this this is a continuation of that. And it was interesting, um, just giving a whole outlook of phase two. And it was cl- it's clearly evident this is a little bit smaller scale than phase one. It was not as like large <laughs> of the, an array of characters. They did want to keep it more. And this is from the words of the, of the authors of the panel. They wanted to keep it more self-contained per each medium. So, for instance, if you're following along with Quest of the Hidden Temple, you're going to be following along with the likes of the character Ruper, who is the Je- the young Jedi there. And then you'll get to see her when we, I guess we're going to look at this later, the quest for Planet X. Yeah, She's on the, the cover for that. Yeah. yeah. And then for Path of Deceit, you got Marta. And we've seen that real quick flash. You, you put on the screen of the Path of Vengeance. There she mm-hmm. is. So so what we're seeing is like, if you're, if you're just sticking with either the novels, the young adult books, or the middle grade, you're going to be able to see those characters in both those stories because they're going to basically have two waves mm-hmm. worth of content. Also, there's two major flashpoints that happen in phase two from what I gathered is you're going to have the Battle of Jeddah, which is yeah. cool because it's going to be audio drama. Right. And then this big foreshadowed event that's been talked about quite a bit in phase one about this thing that happens on Dolna, 
-hmm. So I'm guessing that's what the cataclysm is basically referencing is there's going to be like this huge conflict uh, Mm. happening there because there was a, and I don't want to go too far off the kilter here, but there is a, um, a synopsis for the edge of balance precedent with Arkoff that came out today. Somebody linked that. And that also links into the Battle of Dana or whatever happens on Dana. I'm not sure. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah so look there's at a lot too. of things that are a lot more focused in mm-hmm. this phase, it seems like. I, as far like as that. him, yeah, as far as him having the lightsaber, I feel like this is kind of like a misdirect. I, I feel like he's just holding the lightsaber for somebody <laughs> else at this point because he's well, marketing. Yeah, yeah, I think it's like, all right, we're gonna get this character. People are gonna buy this. He's got, he's got a purple blade lightsaber. People mm-hmm. love Mace Windu, his purple lightsaber. Let's give this guy. I don't know. Yeah, uh, Joel, tell us how much you love uh, what Chris was just talking about. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I think I think trying to keep the story plots of the adult, young adult, and junior novels kind of more separate rated is, first of all, good idea. I like the idea yeah. of like the young adult deals with the mother uh, and row girls and elbow and and the adult novels deal with that guy, uh, the, yeah. the, this guy, whoever. Axel Grayler. Yeah. Axel Grayler. Because I think I think Phase One had too much interconnectivity and it just kind of made things even more confusing it's like hmm. wait i gotta read the comic now to get this character yep. and then wait the dragon gear didn't do anything in the book and so now i gotta read the comic to yep. figure out what's going on here it's like i don't have time for that <laughs> i just want to or yeah. i don't have the money for that that's uh, too much like keep it organized like young adults should be following one storyline adults should follow another and then you know junior can follow another the comic can follow another maybe they all make a good piece of the puzzle but you don't need the whole puzzle it's weird because it's a puzzle, but the point is, mm. you know, it's a little too jumping around. It's like, again, you ended phase one with a comic book. That's just weird to me. You yep. started with this big novel and you <laughs> ended with this two issue comic that's technically the ending, and that probably most people don't know about because they don't follow the comics or they don't want to read the comics or they expect it to be the adult novel to be the ending because that just makes more sense. It's confusing. Mm. This seems better. Speaking on uh, the Eye of the Storm comics, they're absolutely essential. Anybody out there that's listening to us, go yeah. pick them up, go download them because you're going to need to. I mean, you're going to need to read those before you read Path to the Sea. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I got to go back and read that again. <laughs> I, re- I I went back and read it again because yeah, I started I reading stuff from Path to the Sea. I'm like, yep, I got to know more about the Rose. I got to know more about the Everenny and their their. There's a direct things pulled from that in the book. It's not necessary to read them, but it will definitely, I read definitely yeah. enhance your insight when you're reading that book. Yeah, I mean, I a few things, Joel. I mean, I wonder if that wasn't intended to be that way. Kind of things to get like publishing got moved around, especially comic book publishing. We know things got moved around. Things have gotten moved around for Phase Two as well. Uh, Claudia mm-hmm. Gray's Quest of the Jedi got. Moved around. We'll get there in a little bit. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I again, it's this is one of those different experiences and different things. I mean, I I was it, it tied it, it stuck it struck it's such a my completest nerve yeah. to have all that interconnectivity and to track a character character's growth through different media and different whatnot. So I I I guess it's a trade off. Maybe Here, yeah. here's what we're talking about, and you know, and similar to what Michael Siglin was saying uh, on the Star Wars, on the High Republic show, 
that it is going to be more contained. It's going to be a shorter period of time. I don't know. I just feel like that kind of stuff just unfair to the consumer who has to buy all. Yeah. So there's that dimension, and and that's what I mean. Is it's going to be a trade-off? Like I think, I think we're going to lose something. Uh, Lose a level of complexity, a level of character depth, but not necessarily if if the authors do their jobs and write well, which. We know they will, and we. I mean, I'm halfway through Path of Deceit. You guys have both finished it. Um, you know, it, it, Tessa Grattan and, and Justina Ireland are have done a fantastic job so far. So I'm. I mean, I'm already into into Marta's story. So I mean, it'll be maybe what we'll gain then is also a sense of uh, of clear character development, clear character direction with this. Um, yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, and, and our friend Jordan. Is just gonna want a poster of that, just like I want a poster of this. <laughs> there we go. All right. So yeah, we, we accidentally talked about Path of Vengeance. I will say uh the word path again. Um we're just jumping into the YA novels here. Mm-hmm. Um so th- there's three three YA things going on here, uh, at least from the New York Comic Con panel. So Path of Vengeance. Um again, that word path. Now that again, mm-hmm. I'm I'm halfway through Path of Deceit. The path of the open hand, the Nile symbol. Clearly, I mean, they're not. It's not a mystery that the path of the open hand become the Nile, or or something. Someone takes over and transforms them into the Nile, and they have the gaze electric and all that. Um, anything more about uh, this word path? Anything more about this cover? Strike you those interesting uh, world between world looking lines on the on the floor there. Yeah, the nameless. I mean, that's a yeah. big thing that got peaked at the end of phase. Well, actually, not even at the end. Like halfway yeah. through phase one, they became a major uh, plot point. So mm-hmm. to see, I guess phase two for the most part is like, well, given too much away about what's come out so far, it's like it seems like phase two is like the explanation. All right, why, where are these things from? Yeah, like why haven't the Jedi known about it? what? What the heck is going on with these things? And 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 how the Nile start. Like yeah. that's basically what the because we got to talk about the opening crawl a little bit because the opening crawl yeah. from phase two literally has three different points. It's like one of the points in, in the phase two opening crawl is about the exploration. It's about the the Pathfinder team. It's about the droids that go and ferry information because the communication lines are not developed yet. Another point yeah. is with Marta Rowe, and then another point is Iram and Arona in a Forever yeah. War. So you got these three separate things, and each one of those as we just said, relates to a certain medium of the storytelling. So this one is all about, these young adult is all about the Nile backstory, all about the the the, the backstory for how the Rose have mm-hmm. kind of dwindled, but also flourished at the same time and have come across these crazy objects and why they're going after them. Mm-hmm. All right. And then speaking of I mean, planets, you didn't name planets. We've been, Chris, well, Chris, you and I have been to this planet literally not literally but you know the magic of disney uh <laughs> quest for planet x and yes. going to batu of all places seen in of course star wars galaxy's edge um and so this is the middle grade series so yeah the middle grade that's the key thing key difference here uh, that comes april 2023 i guess i haven't mentioned dates yet so both uh, cataclysm and uh and quest for planet x coming out uh april 2023 yeah, I guess because the this is um, a junior novel. This is so. Yeah, this is kind of the junior novel, similar to um, uh, Test of well, Courage. Yeah, Test of Courage. Yes, all that stuff. Ooh, um, this. Yeah, oh, and there's, the one, well, there's the one that comes out in, in a f- next week. 
Uh, Wes, I was lucky enough to read this yeah. and I will say I gave yeah. it glowing reviews. Uh, Quest of the Hidden Positive. City is, okay. is the best junior novel in the High Republic. Interesting. Oh, okay. I said it. Yeah. Put down the hammer. Um, it's the best one yet. Go read but it. just saying something because those have been pretty great. Those I keep saying this. Death all the Courage is my favorite. So. Yeah, all Death the ones of Courage was amazing too. Yeah. Um, none of the ones in Phase 1 I felt like I was being written down to. Exactly. Right? I, Which is I, weird. I felt yeah, yeah, George Mann did a great job of just like, hey, I am not writing this for a specific audience. This is for anybody that can enjoy it. A good old-fashioned action-adventure story into the unknown of the Star Wars galaxy. I just love stuff like that. Um, will, will there be other junior novels following these characters, or is this the only one? Okay, this is just the one done? So this is thing? the second one. Um, oh. The first one comes out, uh, the one Chris was talking about. Quest for the quest for the hidden city. So, you got first of all, I'll say we got the paths, mm -hmm. and then we got the quests, and this is quest of the Jedi. This whole phase, and then the 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 one word convergence and cataclysm. Yeah, yeah. Probably something else that starts with a C. <laughs> Just gonna put that out there. Contingency. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Um, yeah. So so this will be the second one, and then pro if there'll be a third one, maybe. I mean, here's another thing about the the way things are getting shifted around is. Are there going to be two waves or three, or are they going to be more spread out? It's that starting to feel like there will too. be three waves, but oh. you're saying there'll still be two? Yeah, because if there was a third wave, I would think that there's a third adult novel, a third adult, right. young adult, uh, third middle grade. I think there's going right. space them out. And I appreciate it because this was my one complaint mm -hmm. um, purely from a consumer slash content yeah. creator is like, they were putting out like two or three books on the same day. And I was like, guys, just try to separate them at least like yeah. three weeks so I can get to them. And then I'll have to feel like I'm rushing to get through before spoilers right. happen and all this crap. So at least I'm happy that they are kind of like delegating like, okay, we'll give you a couple, three, four weeks for this one, three, four weeks. So we get more of a steady flow rather than just like, you know, letting all the water out of the faucet at once, just like <laughs> overdrive. Uh, what I will say is, is from what I've seen on YouTube with the official Star Wars The High Republic little animated videos coming out, mm -hmm. which are really freaking cool. Um, and from what I'm looking at this, it looks like Planet X is the planet that the, the nameless are from. Interesting. And you kind of see yeah. it in, in this comparing the image of that oh. hologram that they have with the image of the planet in their YouTube uh, little shorts they put out. Interesting. Um, so that looks like that's Planet X, and that could only mean really bad things if Jedi <laughs> is going there. So yeah, I don't true. know if Rupert's gonna really make it out yeah. alive because we know what happens when Jedi go anywhere near one of those things. That's an old planet of them. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it is. It is just again noticing. This is an aside. Noticing that you know, Chris, you and I have been in that place in the background. Just again, the magic of Disney. And there's also uh, yeah, but the a virtual reality experience. Oh, yeah, that's true. With that's the Tales there, yeah. from Galaxy's Edge, and, and there's the flashbacks where you play. Mm -hmm. You get to play as a as a Jedi Padawan mm -hmm. right. in the same area. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, it, yeah, it's weird I've, to see it without the Falcon. I'll just say that. Anyway, sorry, go ahead, Joe. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, kind of just go back on a point. I, I kind of glad there was this new format. Like, it's weird to me, like, I feel like some characters work better with the kind of jumping around between the adult, young adult, junior mm -hmm. stuff. But then, like, I also feel like you should kind of have characters that just should stick to one thing. Mm -hmm. I think they can develop better that way. So, like, and it's sort of weird, especially, like, um, 
I mean, this is kind of an odd example, but I think it's kind of the only one I can think of that's the most extreme. Sure. It'd be like having Andor in Rebels, because it's like Andor, this very dark, sophisticated, well-thought-out show. And then, I mean, I like Rebels, but it's TVY7. It's TVY7 yeah. violence. I like don't think you could ever like go the that character far. Andor in Rebels. Yeah, know. like... Kind of like sort of that's so great like in Rebels, yeah. Though. I mean, it works. Really. I mean, I had trouble with that too, to be quite okay, fair enough. At least you're consistent <laughs> there we go. In, in Rebels compared to he was in Rogue One, and hopefully, the show. Although, I did like his season four appearance, I think Gary yeah. Witta kind of found that balance. So, yeah, it, it is, it's just kind of a weird thing. It's like, you know, a character like Saw in Rebels, I don't think you can go as far with him as you think you could. We all know what Saw is truly capable of when True. he doesn't have the TV Y7 waiting to stop him um you would have pulled just, the trigger on that egg wouldn't you oh yeah he would sorry <laughs> he um and i feel like it was higher yeah. public i'm sure there are characters who can jump around and all that mm-hmm. like a luke skywalker could yep. and all that but at the same time i do feel like you know maybe it is good to keep characters like mm-hmm. burn in the junior novel so the junior kids can have a 16 year old to read about um yeah. instead of then going to the adult novel like well, well this is too hard to read because they're still only five or however old junior novels are i mean we're yeah, 20s my, and 30s so we can read all of these levels but yeah my only thing is like it feels it feels more separated unless they can have the same event going on then it does mm-hmm. feel like oh are we in the same higher public because like we don't see anybody you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's a they have like at least a mere reference um at the end of uh quest for the hidden city there's a reference to the convergence novel so I was like, oh yeah, that that makes that makes sense. We're still mm-hmm. in the same galaxy, everybody. Yeah, I mean, Joel, if I can kind of maybe interpret what you were saying here, the events themselves can cross over. Oh yeah, the, yeah. the characters. I mean, again, if we're talking about if this is the planet of the nameless, um, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's a crossover too with the nameless, and especially to have such a scary, uh, foreboding thing in a young reader novel. I mean, I think will... certain things can work. Uh, yeah. I'm just talking like certain to grasp on to like a through yeah. line. Interestingly, I mean, the thing is, uh, maybe maybe this is because they're both for younger audience audiences younger than adults. Uh, you know, I mean, Vern, for example, she shows up in in um, the, the, the yeah test of courage, which is a junior reader, and then her main story is in the Justina Ira, same author. Uh, but that young adult novel, um, out of, out of the shadows, right? Yeah, uh, I didn't like that yeah. much. I, mean, I did not like. I, I love that one. I okay, did not like know, that one at fair all. Enough. Interesting, and and, and, <laughs> I, and I love Vern's character. Okay, I mean, so maybe we're we're getting the subjectivities here, and that's part of the part of the thing. Um, yeah, I mean, okay, to each their own, and maybe you know, maybe I will I'll be convinced uh, at the end of phase two because. Like all these reveals, my mind is still blown by how amazing everything is. But yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe this will. This seem what I what I guess I, I hear you guys saying is that this is a bit of a horse correction on that, um, uh, on what that that much level of intertwining in phase one. They are tightening the story, and a tighter story, a clearer story is often a better thing. I mean, that's maybe the thing that people accuse Tim Zahn of or or Chuck Wendig of. Um, I know that's a <laughs> whole can of worms there, but ah. yeah, I think we should uh, move on still with YA though. Uh, they're putting together a crew. Speaking of, of going all over the place, uh, going all the way through and all the authors uh, coming together 
to write uh, this this Y anthology that is going to be uh, every phase, including phase three. Um, and so I I mean I'm hoping they they finish Burry's story. They tell us what the heck happened with him. Um, Include and then including phase three. This is in July, so this will be a lot later than the rest of phase. The rest of phase two. It seems like it's going to bridge things um, because we I mean we need a a temporal bridge between phases one and three. Yeah, um, and then get some things in the backdrop. So, uh, yeah, what do you guys think of, of this anthology? This is this is a new thing for High Republic. It's not a new thing for Star Wars. Um, but uh, I mean, well, I'll put it to you. So, have you guys read any of the other, like the, the Clone Wars anthology, Jedi and Sith? And uh, what do you guys think of this idea here? Yeah, uh, Clone Wars anthology was not good in my eyes because it was literally just like reading the episodes. True, like, that's a retelling. Yeah. There was no, there was one story called Bugs about the Daphimir yeah. witches. Um, other than that, I was like, oh, this is literally just. Mm-hmm. same story but then they did the jedi and sith and i was like yeah this is more my style like mm-hmm. we're getting like like terrifying battle droids with obi-wan and anakin we're getting some like yeah. really meaty stories about some of these characters like qui-gon Jinn and all so i was like mm-hmm. yeah this is great and of course you know you can't go mentioning anthologies without talking about from a certain point of view a new hope empire strikes back um oddly not even uttered at the convention was the f- return of the jedi which we know it's the 40th anniversary we gotta do that they gotta do it, they gotta they're, do it. They're, there's still there's still there's still time there's still plenty of time yeah. um especially considering it'll probably be out in like fall so they got plenty of time yeah. to announce that probably Star Wars celebration yeah. but no i i i'm really liking what you're saying as like the t- temporal uh thing of of telling how does phase two go into phase three or whatever um <laughs> they were saying and even things like you know the synopsis i read for um edge of balance president it says something about arkoff like <laughs> dwells on his past to learn about what's to come so like <laughs> i think a lot of these stories could be giving us even in daniel jose older's book which set up sets up phase two the young adult novel uh the midnight oh midnight horizon which i also yeah but, yeah, yeah yoda said literally like we have to dwell into our past to find out about our future's existence <laughs> or something like that yeah. so there's gonna be like i think by the end of phase two like a lot of these uh, like latter stories will start like being we'll, we'll have a lot of those aha mm-hmm. moments where it's like ah this is this is why they're going back like we're figuring out where this is gonna go foreshadowing mm-hmm. for phase three and yeah. I think a lot of these anthologies would be good, but it's cool. It's like a, it's a hit list. It's like, okay, everybody gets their chance. And the fact that these are spread out from all the different phases is a really nice idea because it gives you a lot of like, just, Oh, I hope my character shows up in one of these or something like that. Yeah. One thing I will point out here is uh, every single one of these authors has written something kind of young adult, if not full on young adult, except for the fellow at the bottom there. Uh, I, I've never heard, seen him, Right, anything yeah. at all. All his comics are, his, his novels are are fairly complex. His comics are definitely, uh, definitely a lot darker. Um, you know, his indie comics are are rated R, or or at least PG thirteen <laughs> or whatever. You know, um, and so it'll be interesting to see he's writing this and with his daughter today. Or uh, I mentioned last week, I had no idea he had a kid. Um, Me neither. Writing writing a, a kids book, uh, like like the little card kids books from phase one um also about about uh Bury and yoda i think um yeah and so but also about a 
believe set during phase two, probably. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, yeah, how Charles does with uh, yes, yeah, first name basically with with the young A. I'm sure he'll be fine. Um, well, I guess he did uh, he did a story in the the Howard Public Adventures. Uh, oh annual. yeah, he did that annual, one. Annual number one, yeah, 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 yeah. But other than that, yeah. So, anyways, Joel, what, what do you think of this? Just this idea of doing an anthology and anything that strikes you. Oh, I think it's brilliant. I think High Republic is made for anthology. Like, uh, if anything, mm-hmm. I kind of wish High Republic would be more anthology. It's a whole era of Star Wars, 200, 300 something freaking years. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, yeah, it's cool to have this ongoing story, but like, really embrace the anthology. This is a whole era to explore of just different people doing wild mm-hmm. things. I think this is, this is what D&D games were made for, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. and this is where I think the higher public should thrive even more with just a, a big anthology thing, mm-hmm. uh, of all these different stories kind of all happening. Like something kind of might intertwine them all, but I think sometimes having a little bit less intertwining and more just yeah. this is the era of the high republic. What's going on? That mm-hmm. I think is more fascinating and interests me. I mean, I, I can see them using a framing device. I mean, that's they have and they haven't in different different examples i mean i think in, um that that luke skywalker in the sequel trilogy uh mm-hmm. legends of luke skywalker that had a framing device and some other anthologies like the the uh, uh galaxy not the galaxy yeah the galaxy's edge and the uh um oh galactic star cruiser comics had framing devices so this might have a have something that is more than just a device or it might not it might be just here, here's here's nine stories. Yeah. Enjoy. Um, moving on. Speaking of Charles, uh, and, and yeah, again, first name is <laughs> I guess not. Um, yeah. I want to talk about the blade, and I, I got I got a lot. Marvels of the blade, and I don't mean um, the the blade. I don't mean blade. The, uh, the <laughs> what's it, the thing teased at the end of Eternals? That thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. But the blade, uh, Mr. Porter Engel. Mr. Master Porter Engel, four issue run, uh, pretty sweet team of, of Charles Solo and Marco Castiello. Uh, four issue run that starts December 28th. Uh, and Castiello, he's done a bunch of Legends comics. He did partner with Soul. This is why the, the name sounded familiar. He did write, uh, do the art for Star Wars number 19 from last December. Uh, so, you know, again, it's stuck in my brain. Here is, I'll get that out of the way. That is, that is, is incredible uh, issue variant for issue number four by Mike McCone, uh, featuring Porter Angle in in his, his very stylish lightsaber in all his Phase Two glory. And uh, Chris, you have a quote from from the tweet. You quoting Charles Soul: <laughs> "The blade catches up with Porter Angle. He's only focused on the saber exclusively, and we'll see lightsaber combat we've never seen before. He's accompanied accompanied by his sister." Barash, and you explain. I don't know if it's actually his sister now. Yeah, yeah. I, I was wondering about that. Sorry. I mean, could be like spiritual sister. Clearly, there's I something think about so, like sister yeah. in the force or something like that. Yeah. So it says they have they have a a, a bond, and of course, the origin of the Barash vow. You can see Lenil Francis Yu, who has done Ooh. lots of other comics. This is this is Barash, and there's concept art also from the High Republic show. Uh, yeah, and and this this. Variant. This, this is Leonardo Francis Hughes variant for number three um, that was revealed in the, the Harold Public show. 
I mean, two things. Like, he's holding his lightsaber like that. He's going to singe his yeah. back. <laughs> but he's, he's <laughs> freaking Puerto Rico. He's the blade of Bardota. He knows what he's doing. Um, also, I, I, I need that, that lightsaber toy right now. I need it yesterday. Um, anyways, uh, Barash, very, just, just her appearance, for everything from her appearance to, um, yeah, the, just, the, trying to get, get conceptual here. Everything we know about the Barash vow that Charles Soule, of course, created for his Darth Vader comic. Uh, everything yearning for peace, becoming a hermit, um, named after her. And uh, she definitely has this very calm, peaceable, all white, all white hair um, demeanor. But as we know, uh, you know, the like, like you uh, again, quoting you again, um, you know, the, the office of the frontier. So there's this office of the frontier, first of all. They go and petition the Jedi for aid. Porter responds to a call that focuses on a large conflict. I'm guessing uh, either Delna or Iram Arano. Um, and, and Kristen Baber added on the show uh, that Porter and Barash use their Jedi powers to protect people on the frontier. So clearly they jump in. You know, Barash's appearance notwithstanding, she clearly jumps in with Porter and they have this bond. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really curious to see. I mean, this is one of those, I mean, like all of the High Republic, how you get from there to here. Uh, how do we get from someone who is willing to jump in to the action to taking in and developing this, this new tradition in the Jedi Order of uh, 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 reclusing, recluding yourself, whatever, recusing yourself from the galaxy in order to, and from the force in a way, or just to meditate on the force and not to actually take up your blade. Um, that's really compelling to me. Uh, I want to know what this office of the frontier is. Uh, is it yeah. based on Coruscant? Is it somewhere else? Uh, it's got to have something on Coruscant. Um, and how do they relate to the Jedi? Why are they immediately going to the Jedi? We know uh, in phase one, there is uh, Senator, I got his name in my mind, Senator Tia Toon is yeah. all about um, no, these planets have to defend themselves and have to take care of themselves. We can't rely on the Jedi so much. I'm interested in in just delving into more about uh you know i mean we see this in in phase one we see this in the late republic era where the chancellor sends obi-wan and any or uh qui-gon and obi-wan to naboo to negotiate this treaty or or you know even uh sending obi-wan to uh to takoda or not takodana to uh uh Nomodia to, to get into some business you know um this whole relationship between jedi and republic especially in this period where things aren't as consolidated, things aren't as clear. Uh, what is this office of the frontier doing? I, I gather it's under the purview of that. The other ch chancellor who is mm -hmm. from Coruscant, or no, maybe it is, it is Greylark. She's the one from Coruscant who cares more about the outer rim. And then there's the other chancellor who's from the outer rim and cares more about the core. Mm -hmm. Um, that whole thing. So there's that. And uh, I believe, yeah, this is my last comment. I promise. Uh, again, Porter Engel, the Blade of Bardotta. Yeah. And I want to go back to character here. How does he get from there to here? How does he get... I mean, part of that is just age and experience and time and body bodies changing over time. Um, filling out his story. You know, the, how he's... We first meet him as this old Akrukian cook on Nefrona, the Afrona outpost. But he sounds like he's got lots of stories to tell. 
he is everyone in the, that outpost, you know, down to uh, Bell and everybody respects him as as the Blade, uh, this legendary swordsman. Um, you know, how does he? I mean, it's not that he sheds that, but clearly he goes from from this this man of action to making a great stew uh, <laughs> uh, in ah. his old age, and so. I mean, he, take, he takes he takes action in phase one. That's true too. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I had a lot to say about this because because I'm I'm so stoked. I mean, it's again it's a Charles Soul story. Uh, I I, I want to read every every page Charles Soul writes. I should actually get his his indie novels too. Uh, but uh, this is his um, this is his main contribution. He's not writing a novel or anything for this. He's this is basically it for for him of phase two. Uh, just realizing that now, uh, what do you guys think of that? What do you think of of the fact that I mean, he's he's busy with other parts of Star Wars and other things going on. He's got two sure. indie comics on the go. But uh, what do you think of of the blade as it's set up? Uh, everything I may have mentioned so far, and um, that this is it for Charles Soule in phase in phase two, notwithstanding well, the short story. Well, Charles Soule is basically filling a, a 40-year gap in Star Wars right now. He, he's a little busy. I mean, he just revealed the, the way that Luke found out about Death Star 2 and the, the Rebellion as a whole. So that's a story people have been oh, for years. You know, years <laughs> so he's a little busy. Um, and I, I think that they seriously, just a quick aside, I think they brought in a lot of these author, these new authors to kind of like, hold the torch for the, the the primary group as they're probably writing phase three right now um as a way to keep the high republic going um every year they didn't want to have a gap so yeah, they yeah. i think a lot of the architects of the high republic are acting more as support roles that's why we see like tessa Grattan paired up with justine ireland like a, more of a support role so they can work hard on phase three so it can come out like so they'll have basically like a whole year or something to work on phase three before it comes out. But anyway, um, talking about the blade, this is my favorite. Uh, this is my most anticipated anything for phase two, mm-hmm. especially after hearing about this panel. What got me really excited was Charles Slug, uh, uh, describing uh, Porter Angle, the blade of Bardetta, as a one of a kind Jedi because he does not care really about the force techniques of force push or force pull or whatever like force technique he puts a hundred percent of his time into the the technique of the lightsaber that and only to the point where he has to actually have or that not has to but he chooses to have uh barash as like the person that's going to use more of the you know the traditional force powers like force heal and force push i don't know if she's actually going to use force i'm just giving examples like she is like more of the sage and he's more of the warrior so i like that whole idea of like a pair of jedi going around the galaxy both like helping out each other's weaknesses but like strengthening their own mm-hmm. makes them as like a perfect duo um that's going out there in the office of the frontier as these people they're basically almost like a bounty hunter guild from what it seems like uh, it almost yeah. seems like um how mando reports to uh uh grief cargo to get missions it's basically the same thing from what they're I not gather. like a republic department or i'm they, not are sure they... they be a republic department but they're all the way out there in the outer room yeah. so it's like they'll show up and they'll be like hey you got any, you guys got any jobs for us anybody in need anything mm-hmm. like oh we got this thing over on on uh bardota you want to go check it out like okay cool mm-hmm. 
Like that's how that that kind of acts for me. But like again, like what I like about Charles Soule is he always finds ways of integrating his previous stories with like his newer stories. So yeah. the idea that we're like retroactively getting the origins of the Barash Vow, which was one of the most exciting things in that that Star Wars Darth Vader run from 2017 or whenever it was published. It's yeah. just like, oh, we got this guy that basically didn't have a clone war, a clone trooper regiment because he took this vow to go out somewhere to just like cut ties with mm-hmm. the Jedi Order. So uh, it, it's this cool kind of like, all right, how's this going to end up where she's all alone, basically? Because that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, maybe. I mean, and of course, Porter on Afrona. I mean, we first encounter him by, in Charles Soul's Light of the Jedi. So there's that tie, of course. Uh, a lot of play with light and dark in this cover, at least. Um, very yin yang, you know, because I, I, I think she has a black belt there, but everything else with her is white. <laughs> Porter's here. He's in the shadow. He has his vest. He has a much darker hair than he will, of course, later. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, Again, age it happens, but there's also this visual representation of that. Joel, I've talked to we've talked a lot about the blade. Um, I don't know whether or not you're going to give it a, give it a shot, but uh, what do you what do you think? How do you feel about this story? Yeah, it seems cool. I mean, I don't I haven't read don't really read much of the comics to be honest. Or at least the higher public yeah. comics don't wanna, don't want to buy them. Uh, can't find them. Uh, so uh, yeah, it seems cool though. I'm curious to see how it all works together. Yeah, I, I like- mean. Oh, I, I just like how it's nice and concise. It's just four issues. Like we've seen how well Charles Soule does with like those quick, uh, not quick, mm-hmm. but like those concise stories. Like I loved his four mm-hmm. issues of the rise of Kylo Ren. I think it's, it's yeah. still one of the, the easy recommends. I tell people to go read if they're not knowing where to start with comics and they like the sequel trilogy. Like they kind they like what's going on with Kylo Ren. Like you got to pick up this book because it gives you like his whole origins mm-hmm. basically in four issues. And um, you know, Anakin and Obi Wan, the Lando miniseries. Yeah, I was gonna say that Lando comic like, is fantastic. So he always yeah. hits it out of the park when it comes to his like his. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're meant to end basically concisely at only four issues. That he's gonna pack in as much detail, mm-hmm. as much plot progression in each one of those issues that you're gonna want to read mm-hmm. the next one like instantly. You know, I mean, like we again we go back and forth with Eye of the Storm. Again, that's a great that example too. too. Just, yeah, of course. <laughs> just two issues in that. Um, should I I mentioned his indie comics? Uh, Eight billion genies is. I mean, it, it's it's rated PG thirteen ish, but it like it is so perfectly planned out and plotted out, and you can already see you already know the math of it, but the way he uses that to structure, and, and that's his original indie creator owned uh making his own sandbox but uh, i mean that's that's probably his biggest strength is well no it's all his biggest strength sorry <laughs> i mean i was gonna say his biggest strength is is payoff and setup setup and payoff and his ability to to plan and plot things out and then execute it in a way that actually really draws you along like whenever i'm reading one of his comics i forget that i'm reading a comic i feel like i'm just locked into the story so uh, i mean the hopefully libraries have it you know i mean uh obviously you want to support the artists and the creatives but there are also other ways if you if you if financially it is a hardship to to find these books hopefully um yeah and then you know uh go to go to outer and transmissions where or star raptor well chris will 
will tell you the story and then give his thoughts. And then to the tractor beam, well, I will give my thoughts and mm-hmm. <laughs> little plug there. I thought, thought I'd go yeah. there. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Joel, I'll, I'll throw this out to you again. I mean, you have any more thoughts on so far, everything we've talked about so far, we do have a little more to go, believe it or not, but <laughs> yeah. it seems like a seems like there's a lot. Just there's yeah. a lot. I just hope it doesn't get confusing. Yeah. That's the thing is, is, um, Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, it's pretty. Uh, I, yeah, so good. I gotta say, just the artwork. I love the look of uh, Blader Bart. I was making a joke, yeah. and I wasn't the only one on Twitter when I first seen him with his hood down. I was like, "Hey, it's Hellboy in Star Wars." He's got, like, <laughs> yeah, off, that's true. Carved off horns, but but I, I like his ensemble, <laughs> and you could see like this guy trains. Like this guy has a really good physique, and <laughs> the the way that his actual uniform is with. It almost looks like in this image, it almost looks like he's got like a Han Solo type of vest yeah. on, although it is kind of like his. But like, I uh, like the V-neck. I like just the muscle, muscularness, uh, you know, of, of all him. Just mm-hmm. like, yeah, this guy trains constantly physically. Like he should look like he's freaking Hercules. You know, yeah. like, he's going to wreck you if sure. you come across. Yeah. It's interesting. You mentioned the whole thing about just his singular focus on on lightsaber combat. I mean, uh, I mean, Dooku does do the other stuff but i mean it seems like kind of that kind of vein of, of just really working to be a master swordsman to the point where he can even train a droid to or, or, or uh whatever grievous is to to be a swordsman it seems yeah something like this i mean also the fact that yeah they the the two need each other the the light and the the dark i mean i don't want to get into that i don't fully subscribe to the whole gray thing but here i mean i don't know if porter's necessarily tapping to the darkness but he's still and that's not what i mean but he's still there's still something the blade the knife edge the the violence that uh i mean leads barash to say to hell with this uh, to malachor with this i'm i'm going for the full-on peaceable pacifist route okay we do gotta get on to some more reveals um just a bunch that I'm going to go through. Uh, the slideshow is almost done. Um, we're getting there. Uh, you know, High Republic Adventures is, is coming uh, from Dark Horse yes. also. Uh, November 30th, Daniel Jose Older, etc. Um, we have you quoted you know, Sav, this young Sav, who we, we meet in High Republic Adventures in Phase 1. Uh, but she's 15 here, and she is sick to death of the Jedi. She's more interested in what Maz is doing across the lake on Takodana. Um, also, Huge reveal here. James Dillon is, is going nuts here. Dexter Jetster and Thurm Scissor Hands. <laughs> kicking butt and taking names or whatever it is they're up to. Um, yeah, shout out to 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 the uh the, the world's the internet's biggest Dexter Jetster fan, who we should have on this podcast sometime. Um, but uh yeah, that Dex, I mean Dex, he, this guy keeps showing up in mean, Padawan in, in Kirsten White's Padawan, of course, uh when, when he meets Obi-Wan and then has a, an important role in in brotherhood. He's yeah, he's going to kick about taking names with Thurm scissor hands, of course. Um, yes, yeah, that uh, is Har- such yeah. a Daniel Jose older thing. It is uh, <laughs> is to have Thurm scissor punts like the most obscure character that you'd yeah. find on like a Denny's promotional solo <laughs> yeah. card that you would sure. go from getting like a pancakes or something. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I mean, I, you know, now that you mentioned that, 
I'm kind of surprised that Daniel Holzer didn't invent the name Thurman Scissorhands. <laughs> the kind yeah. of thing. Bucket, the guy who made up buckets of blood. I mean, he didn't make it named after his friend, but still, <laughs> Thurman Scissorhands. That's probably why he brought him in. It's for the name, right? <laughs> yeah, good old, good old Daniel Holzer who has a way of telling really moving, wonderful stories in in for young readers in, in packaging in it. Um, also, High Republic Adventures, The Nameless Terror by George Pan. That oh, yeah. comes out uh, December 28th. Again, the nameless in, in, in kids' stories. I mean, they, they don't pull punches here. I mean, they, they have to a little bit. But uh, just like Quest for Planet X, as we mentioned. And then uh, Claudia Gray's Quest of the Jedi One-Shot uh, with art by Fico Osio. That comes out February 8th. And we do have uh, the cover there. This is the one shot, the titular one shot. Uh, look at that, yeah. and and so there's there's that I don't can't quite make out who those characters are. Except Joel, I have a weird question for you on the bottom right there. So we got the mention. This is just me going nuts here. I don't know if this is true at all, but um, we had the mention of a certain legends ancient species in uh, Andor. Mm-hmm. Those kind of look like Rakatans, kinda. Is that is that at all possible? No, nah, they'd be dead. Cotton should be dead. Well, I think in legends, sure, but why not canon? Well, I don't know, but am I going off the deep end there? I'm, I'm yeah, off the deep not... end off this wave, this watery wave here. Oh well, no, well their <laughs> eyes would be more spread out for one thing. Their eyes would be like down on their head, kind of like off as stalks. Like yeah, they have, like, like, eye stalks oh, okay. that like come off yeah. of their head, and it's like lower, and they have like the large craniums. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, or maybe they look almost like that species that Anakin in the uh, the Clone Wars, the two D Clone Wars, those encountered there. I don't know. Uh, I'm just just guessing here. They look they look like something out of Legends for sure. But me I mean, the whole idea of Claudia Gray describing this again mm-hmm. as one of the things that was getting me hooked and anticipating the High Republic. This is our Arthurian tale mm-hmm. of like these two Jedi just going out taking care of business out there in the outer rim like this mm-hmm. is again uh, I, I don't you know i'll say it's like a straightforward i don't know if it's gonna be straightforward but i want a good old like straightforward mm-hmm. at like jedi action one shot comic yeah. and i feel like we're gonna get that here yeah like you said it is a one shot which again we haven't had in in higher republic the closest we had was uh, the storm um visions i mean star wars just doesn't do one shots all that much usually because uh, they want to tell longer, more detailed stories, I guess. But uh, yeah, and, and the more, you know, I guess maybe it's hard to do character-driven stories. I mean, we we talk about the the K two Cassian one shot that people oh, just yeah. don't like. Um, the three PO one shot that fills in a story in uh, in uh, Before Force Awakens about the Red Arm. That one I love. That one I think is pretty universally beloved. So I mean, it's Claudia Gray though. So I mean, she's up there with Charles Soule, and. You know, Dave mm-hmm. Filoni and them. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, looking forward to that. Um, a few more, if I can get this up here, a few more things to talk about. Um, as you mentioned, Chris, you mentioned Edge of Balance precedent quite a bit here. Uh, so, Daniel Jose Older and Tomio Ogata, uh, this releasing in next May. And yeah, you mentioned it includes a younger Arkoff. And that continues this trend that we saw with Sav, with, uh, uh, with Porter. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, younger characters or, or characters of long lived sp- living species that we sh- see show up in phase one, uh, also showing up in phase two because they're they just can 
Um, I think, you know, that Bury Yoda kids, show, kids uh, book with the souls. I mean, we don't know uh, when that's set, but it probably could be set in phase two. I mean, I, I guess Bury would have to be very, I guess maybe Bury's too young. Like, like the yeah. the only thing I, with Matthew with that is like why is it taking him 150 years that he's not a Jedi Knight yet? Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> so who knows? But uh, yeah, there there are a few others that are, and 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 I'll I'll get back. So uh, the High Republic show on YouTube, they yep. show concept art for Sav, for Barash, and I'll just leave that oh. right there. Um, <laughs> Joel, you named it no, the Year no. of Yaddle. Um, and she's gonna have have impact. She's gonna talk. <laughs> she's gonna do even more than she does in uh, in in Tales of the Jedi. I hope because Tales of the Jedi is all shorter. Uh, I hope she really we really dive into this character who has been criminally uh, ignored for the last twenty three years or however long since Phantom Menace came out. Um, what do you, Joel? I'll, I'll, I'll throw it to you. What What do you think Yaddle is gonna get up to? Are you excited for how excited are you to see Yaddle actually uh, have a story? Oh, it's going to be very fascinating. Like, because Yaddle is just Yoda with a wig. Uh, that's what they do. It's like, put the yeah. wig on her. People call her our Yaddle. Genius. <laughs> Short genius. Um, <laughs> it is uh, kind of genius in the moment, but. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it's like, what are they going to sound like? Will they do the backward talk, or is that just for Yoda? It's like, mm. it's another Yoda. How many other Yodas are there in the galaxy? At least in well, Star Wars. There's Yoda, there's Grogu, and there's Yaddle. Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, Chris, what do, you, what do you think of Yaddle uh, having a prominent role? What do you think of anything, any of these things I've mentioned in the, the more reveals section here? Yeah, so actually she has spoken. Um, I believe it was in The Rising Storm uh, written by Kevin Scott. And that was first a reel where she doesn't speak in backwards talk. So it's our first like Yoda species character. It's not beholden to speaking that way. Um, So very cool to see, just to know more about her. Um, I tweeted about this. I think it's in Lydia Kang's novel, right? Did I say that? (laughs) Uh, cataclysm i think she's in maybe so maybe yeah i i believe she's gonna be in cataclysm so um (laughs) so i guess she's gonna have a prominent role so that might be our jedi jedi character we're following so there could be a lot of cool things revealed about about her i don't think they'll go into where what planet she's from or anything of that (laughs) magnitude but uh it could be cool to see if she has like any dealings with yoda as far as (laughs) like you know are they related or what's going on there or even how old is she? Because yeah. I don't even know if we know how old she is. I mean, I think she the, doesn't she talk or or drama. You said they. I don't know the gender, but uh, he never talks. I don't. Yeah. Well, in no, in uh, in legends, in um, oh emissaries and assassins, or like like emissaries to Malastare, but she talks in the backwards talk too, and she basically Yoda oh. with a wig, I think. And this, so that's legends. So that can that can be undone. Um, yeah, I mean, but that's I think that's it for her in Legends. So, mm-hmm. yeah, great to see more happening on. Okay, uh, gonna 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 do sit on that. Um, there we go. And then lastly, uh, Trials of the Jedi. And uh, this is again, Chris, you reporting here that they were mm-hmm. saying, uh, beaten November twenty twenty three. 
Uh, so yeah, like you said, yeah, okay, that and that fits with um, with just the two waves, but spread out. So for November twenty three, three, uh, Chris, what, what what do you think of of that time frame? You've mentioned a little bit of it, but uh, yeah, uh, time frame and how are you, are you are you looking forward to to where it goes further? Oh yeah, I, I, phase three really cool. Um, that we're getting that almost a year after phase two, thirteen months after phase two, mm-hmm. um, makes a lot of sense because as I said, they, the the other writers, I feel like they're. The, the original architects are probably supporting more um, in phase two, and mm-hmm. so they can give it, they can be given even more. So now they'll have like a year and a half really to crack out their stories, get into it, get into characters. Um, very curious to see. Like I said, um, sure we'll see a lot at Star Wars Celebration. They'll probably like reveal the first novels or something. <laughs> very curious if this will be the last phase, or they'll see how good phase one really like got all those books on new york bestsellers everybody was talking about it they have panels at conventions that aren't new, that aren't celebration right. now because it's that popular so maybe they're thinking hey maybe we'll, we'll keep this going let's do phase four in yep. uh in november 2024 or something like that or well that'll be interesting yeah because that's it's later than usual everything's gotten pushed back right because phase one was it was a january 2021 mm-hmm Phase two is, is October 2022, November 2023. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows when, when a phase four would be, or maybe the, I mean, that's, that's the thing is, I mean, they, they told us, um, light of the Jedi quest of the Jedi trials mm-hmm. of the Jedi. That's what they, they said way back when it was going to be just three phases. I mean, the thing, it could be a complete story. Maybe they take a break after and then, or something, or, you know, Joel, your your point that you make a lot of times. This is an era; it's not just a publishing initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Yeah, Joel. I mean, what do you think of first of all of Phase Three coming a whole year out, uh, even even later? I mean, because because the the latest story we have is is this YA anthology. It's coming out in uh, June or July. Let me back up here with my notes here. When is it coming out? That comes out in uh, in July. And then go from that until November. Uh, what, what do you think of that? And then what do you think of the possibility of, of phase four, what they might do afterwards? Wait, did they announce a phase four or no, but we're, oh. just, we're just wondering if they will or if they won't, but I, I don't know. This seems like they really have said it on three phases, then we out. Um, okay. it's probably what will happen. Um, yeah. I do think phase three should be the biggest. I mean, because it's like if phase two can be the smallest, phase three's got to be like, let's wrap it up, people. It's our last big hurrah. Uh, Maybe it's four waves, you know. Oh, phase yeah. Two. So yeah. that's that's what my thing. I probably they go out with a big bang. Because um, obviously, this is where it's all setting up to, and people mm-hmm. want to get back to those lost threads in phase one that some people don't think were, you know, fully settled upon. So, right. uh, yeah, that's the only thing I can say at the moment. And then yeah. Acolyte's coming, though. Who knows if that has anything to do with anything, so. Yeah, that's uh, true. I mean, yes, the end of the High Republic year, or whatever that means. Yeah, so. Right. Well, if the Acolyte would probably come out, I'm guessing 2024, so. Yeah. Um, that's my big guess. Uh, Which would fit. Yeah. I mean, maybe, and maybe they that is the one kind of tie-in, maybe. I mean, it would be amazing. I'd lose my mind if it had the higher oh, public man. banner in there. It probably oh, would. 
Oh, wow. That'd be crazy. It probably won't, but uh, you know me. <laughs> I uh, think it'll run phase, phase three is going to be going on while the Acolyte releases at this point. Definitely. You, know, you think so? Phases last yeah. at least a year, and I don't think they're going to wait like a whole year just for the book series to be done with. I mean, think about it. It'll be a brilliant tie-in if they mention like... Mm-hmm. Oh, remember the the, the the Nile attack on the Starlight Beacon? People are going to be like, people like me are going to make these videos on YouTube. Be like, hey, <laughs> you hear something cool? Well, here's an entire initiative you can read right now. And I have an entire playlist about it on my YouTube channel. You know, I'm going to love that. I'm going to probably see all this traction on my videos just going up instantly. Yeah. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or just, you know, the kind of, I mean, the kind of thing of, you want to read more, you want to learn more about this event that they mentioned. Here's here's the fallen star. Here's the rising storm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, here's the thing is if there were a story, if there were a, a Disney Plus show to do that, it would be this one. It would be, you know, it would be this this showrunner, Leslie Headland, who I think she is reading all these books. I think mm-hmm. she, she's the one who really cares. I don't. I don't think the Acolyte has anything to do with High Republic outside of really? it's the era. It's technically the era, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah, but it's also Headland. I mean, you know, I mean, she's, I think, she's the opposite yeah. of Tony Gilroy. <laughs> yeah, okay, I think Tony okay. Gilroy is more of a, honestly, Tony Gilroy, hmm. he's doing better fan service than Dave Filoni does it, honestly. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I think um, Tony Gilroy's done more research than Dave Filoni has done. But, Tony Gilroy okay. more likely to wrench in a, a book, I think. Be. You're, you're crushing my dreams, Joel. You're crushing my dreams. Uh, but again, I think Leslie Hudson is the one uh, who who would be likely to do it. It's possible. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't. Aren't Avar, Eldar, all of them would be dead by then? Sure, yeah. but except for Yoda and yeah, we're talking about people referring back, right? Oh, I mean, sure. Uh, Stone, yeah, you know, Stone's dead already, but. <laughs> Spoiler alert for Fallen Star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's late. I've had a long day, guys. <laughs> I got up at Chris Abbott hours. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, jeez. This is starting to get lucid. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that what wraps up. <laughs> Do you guys have any, uh, Joel, I'll give you any, any the floor, any, any thoughts on everything that, you know, New York Comic Con Phase two, even even a little bit, you know, Path of the Deceit you've you've read. Um, well, I finished it. Yeah, you finished oh, it. Did you yeah. like it? Oh, oh yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I, I thought it was, <laughs> I'll just say it was very yeah. easy to get into for someone who didn't read much of Phase one. So, uh, thank heavens. So, right. yeah, I was a little nervous about that. So it's like, oh no, mm-hmm. I totally get where all this is yeah. going. So, very easy to understand. Um, yeah, and then everything of everything that we talked about tonight is what's the one thing you might be most excited for. I'm still excited for that Battle of Jedi audio drama. Although oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about yeah. that. I'm, yeah, I'm I mean, they even oh, come up in your man. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm curious to see what the adult novel's like and see if maybe, you know, like if the young adult, the, the adult novels always like to go a little bit more depth than what the universe yeah. is like. So, uh, what's the yeah. first adult novel again? Convergence. Convergence comes out yeah. in a few weeks. And see how that kind of filters out with um, you know, passive deceit and like if there's any inconnivity or they're just doing their own thing. <laughs> uh, so I'm excited for that. So yeah, I'm curious to try out these this young adult and adult novel mm-hmm. and the junior one too. Yes. Uh Chris Staraptor, other than the blade, what are you what are you most excited for uh for phase two, especially of what we talked about today with the from New York Comic Con? Well, I 
Um, I'm really interested with uh, Kevin Scott writing a young adult novel. Yes. I will be the first to admit, like the young adult novels in a High Republic are not really my jam most of the time. Um, they have s- stuff happening, like a lot of the romance stuff and all that, just doesn't doesn't really sit well with me. I, I it's just not for me, I guess, or something. Um, so for me, I'm excited because I've I've Rise and Storm is the best book in or anything in all of Phase One, I think. I was so enraptured with that freaking book. I, I could not put it down. So I want to see what Kevin Scott is doing next. I, I love what he did with, with the Marvel issue number one. So this guy is one of the architects. Uh, so here we go. I want to see how he's going to pull it all together at the end of phase two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And other than the blade, uh, you know, and in this is kind of cheating because we've already read issue number one. I'm most excited for where this, this, uh, Everything that, I mean, everything with Jedi, but especially this High Republic uh, Marvel comic. Definitely looking forward to that. All right, all right, we've we've done it, guys. We did it. Uh, we, we got that through. was just High Republic. Wait, wait, wait. We, didn't even... we didn't do it all. We didn't even talk about the Lucasfilm publishing. Bill. Yeah, I know, I know. We really <laughs> High Republic. Okay, quickly, quickly, fine. Go for it. Call an audible here. Uh, one thing from the Lucasfilm publishing, Chris, that you're you're most excited for. Oh, it's got to be the Inquisitor, the Return of the Red Blade, or the Rise of the Red Blade. Sorry, yeah. by Lyle S. Dawson. I mean, come on, we're we're getting an entire book focused on a character from only two issues of Charles Soule's Darth Vader run, and I love these kind of stories where we're not getting a tie-in to an upcoming movie or television series. It's like out of nowhere, Lucasfilm was like, "Hey, we're just going to tell a really cool story about an Inquisitor." So I'm looking forward to the inner workings of this Jedi named Isket. And how she deals with the aftermath of Order 66 and, and how she gets in, involved with the Inquisitors, seeing the inner workings of the Inquisitors, all that. Um, mm-hmm. I can't wait for it. Yeah. Same here. Uh, funny enough, that's my favorite show. Uh, that's my favorite book right now. I'm excited for. Um, I was a little surprised at first it wasn't Reva because like, it sounds very similar. Yeah. Yeah. All have that would have been a tie in. Yeah. Um, but again, like, as you said, Chris, I'm excited it's not a tie in. I'm glad there's like, here, here's a random character that no one knows about. Let's just do a book on them. Like, that's what these books are for. Expanding yeah, yeah. the universe. Like, uh-huh. would it be cool to know about Mon Mosma's wedding day? Sure. But you know what? I don't need it. I want to know about this. Book. I don't want to know about that day. <laughs> I don't want to know anything about that marriage. Let's <laughs> uh, no, get them to marriage counseling. <laughs> yeah. Divorce court. Yeah, no kidding. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, I'm I'm just excited that we're we're continuing the trend that Afra started of uh, sorry, I'm talking a lot. Uh, continuing the trend that Afra started of of paper first characters getting their own paper stories. I mean, I, I just that's what the Santa book represents to me is is mm-hmm. this continuation of a character that has brought a new life. She starts as Han Solo's fake wife. <laughs> Turns out she's. Uh, Afra's uh, university doctoral fling, um, but obviously there's more to it than that. And, and yeah, she's getting her own book there. Yeah, I mean, the the fact that 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 is also then with with this uh, this Inquisitor who speaking. I mean, speaking of romance, right? I mean, Vader sees the two two hooking up and and getting together, and he's like, nope, not not good with that um, attachments. Yeah, interestingly, I wonder if they're going to play on that, right? Play with uh, 
the fact that the Sith also forbid attachments and that they forbid it in a great violent way. So uh let's because we know a little bit about that character, right? We know we know how she ends. Um so yeah, I, I excited for that. Um what was it like, Chris, while while you're here before we wrap up, what was it like to to be in that panel? What was the energy like and uh was was it pretty packed as well? Yeah, it's pretty cool. There's a lot of uh, first timers there, like Mark Guggenheim was there. I'd even recognize the guy first because, like, I'm so used to seeing the same old face. Not, 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 not like a derogatory, like a negative thing. Like, oh yeah, used to seeing a lot of that stuff, used to seeing, sure. you know, these different authors that we see time and time again every year because they're great Star Wars authors, so they keep in, getting invited to write new stories. But I'm like looking, I'm like, I'm like, who is that guy? Because I was like not paying attention when they announced everybody. I like looked up. Oh, I looked up a google image so that's mark Google and i writing yeah. the Han Solo chewbacca book so it's cool getting him up there uh Alyssa wong was up there uh yeah. for the writer of dr afra and she was having a blast it looked yeah. like a new york comic-con yeah, yeah. um so it, it was a lot of fun getting all of that all that material uh there's a lot of just cover reveals which is always a fun thing mm-hmm. um but yeah overall overall good time they even revealed some high republic things that's yeah. oddly enough at the non-high republic panel <laughs> so they have a lightsaber collection book coming out they have like an in-universe like encyclopedia if you will of the higher public locations and different mm-hmm. things like that so yeah all around good times yeah um let me see. yeah did they did mark guggenheim address i mean maybe maybe that's just us on our little circle but did he address where this Han book is going? Why? Yes, he did. Him? He did address it. Okay, what did he, he say? actually like revealed this revelation to us? I was okay. like, holy crap! He's like, yeah, right now we're just dealing with the past, but that jar inside of it is not what you think it is. So okay. he he okay. said it will reflect whatever is going on with the jar of the ashes of Jabba's uh, arch enemy, whoever it is, is going to be um, relevant to the current Star Wars storyline. Okay, and, like the Crimson side. Yeah. Interesting. And they basically said, he basically said there's oh. another event coming Yeah, early, not hidden early next year. Like, not Hidden Empire or something else? No, something else. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's like this interminable, oh, like, event after event after event. I mean, it is Marvel, to be fair. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem but, with Marvel. Uh, Too many events. They, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah but I, i'm excited to see where all those stories and revelations go we're gonna yes. get to see everybody with um the different kind of uh futures that they will have um maybe post return of the jedi perhaps we'll see i mean what the thing that i keep coming back to with revelations is is mustafar and the i have bog yeah vader with, and that there's that's got to be a wayfinder thing happening there i would assume um yeah looking forward to that way if it ever comes when it comes out it'll come out uh forget remind me who's writing that book I, i'm blanking on who's writing that one mark guggenheim that is guggenheim okay i thought so yeah 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 okay so that's interesting he's writing this one that we're not too sure what's happening yep. and then he's writing this one shot that's gonna be yeah it's interesting that charles soul wouldn't be writing revelations since he is really the architect of yeah. this entire post. It was, it was because sure. of him that he pitched the story of like the star Wars that would branch out into all these other things. Mm-hmm. And now it seems like Mark Guggenheim is yeah. getting a lot of well, ground. Like to play a, with, so it's maybe like a good delegator. Charles Soule just going to look from the, from yep. the higher up and delegate the actual day to day. So he doesn't get yeah. burned out. There we go. I don't play. Yeah, I mean, he did get his own anthology. Uh, number 25. 
which was pretty great. But yeah, yeah oh okay. yeah. But yeah, looking forward to uh, Mercury Gunheim. Yeah, Revelations. Um, Revelations is the correct way of saying that one, not the book of the Bible. It doesn't have an S at the end. Anyway, <laughs> lots of tangents here. I, I, I do think it's good. It's a good time to uh, to wrap things up. Uh, thanks everyone for joining with us, sticking it out, watching, watching this, listening. Uh, if you like what you heard or have some thoughts, feel free to add them in the comments. They will always be there. Um, you know, put them in the comments below. Give this video a like, a share, uh, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Uh, Chris Star After, where can they find you? Oh, certainly. Thanks for having Matthew and Joel. It's always a pleasure speaking to you guys about the inner workings of the, the paper canon, as you call it, Matthew. But uh, yeah, you can follow me mainly on YouTube, youtube.com slash Starraptor. Um, I just talk about comic books every week relating to Star Wars. I've been doing little companion videos, if you will, uh, that relate to Andor, just you know, some Easter egg videos, things like that, tying into the wider world of Star Wars. Um, and then I have my Outer Rim Transmission podcast with me, my buddies, Milton and Ben. We record every Friday around 9 o'clock Eastern. And uh, lately, of course, like everybody else, we're talking about Andor. But uh, like last episode, I had a pretty in-depth, uh, detailed day-by-day uh, -day experience near your Comic-Con. So if you're interested in, in hearing about all that, then uh, go over and watch the last, the last episode. It's also available on any podcast uh, streaming app mm -hmm. as well. Just search out of room transmission thanks guys yeah great having you on as always um and, and also shout out to out of room transmissions and everything you do on that channel uh you know again kindred spirits here with with iron cannon mm -hmm. yes. um i, I you know, remember being on out of room transitions and, and having great conversations with you mm -hmm. and ben uh joel where can they where can they find you uh, you can find me at jid 2021 again jid 2021 where i tweet stuff and of course also uh at Ion Cannon uh, Pod, where I also tweet stuff. Yes, uh, definitely continuing the conversations, the links, etc. Um, just as, again to reiterate, you know, if you want to talk, hear us talk all about Andor with uh, with Doc Holocron and and Red Leader, we were on there uh, a few days ago, and that is now up on YouTube, and we will link that on our Twitter at Ion Cannon Pod. Um, you can find uh, find my Tractor Beam comics reviews every Thursday, likely Friday on spotify and apple podcasts you can find this you if you found this year episode on spotify and apple podcasts you'll find next week's episode on spotify and apple podcasts <laughs> or right here on the on the star wars underworld youtube channel uh, again twitter and instagram at on ken and pod of course you can also find our episodes on twitter uh we have the lydia the video just right in there and on twitch at on ken and pod um again uh twitter and instagram at on ken and pod and at the swu uh next week I will do my darndest to finish Path of Deceit. Uh, it's definitely a good night reading when I have to get up at Chris Abbott hours. I should I should not <laughs> be watching uh, House of the Dragon uh, <laughs> before we go to bed. I should read my novels and <laughs> finish Path of Deceit because I am enjoying it so far. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we can uh, I can read about it, read it and we can talk about it next week. But until then, an hour fifty in. Chris, Joel, let's blow this thing and head home.